Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. about life without judgment. We take a look at society, we examine it, and we allow for the possibility of something new, something different. And now, here's your host, Alan Ritter. Welcome, everyone, to another Sunday night at 9 p.m. and another exciting episode of An Emerging Forest. And after three weeks with guests, it's just me again. But this week, I've had a pretty good amount of activity on my Instagram channel, and uh, I've promoted an event which is basically talking about wholesale produce. So on this first show of November 2019, the 3rd of November, we're going to talk about wholesale produce. And uh, right away, I already have one caller. Uh, Hopefully there's other people out there listening. The number to call if you are not satisfied with listening online, the number to call to actually listen on your phone or to talk is uh, 646-564-9714. Hello, uh, you're on the air. This is Alan Ritter. How are you? Hi, 619 area code. Oh, hello. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. Excited to hear what you have to say on this podcast. Okay, so you're you you just want to listen? So, I have I have like a planned thing to say. Uh, do you want me to check back with you after what I have planned uh, and see if you have some questions? Okay, I'm, I will put you back on hold, but uh, I will get back to you after I get done saying what I wanted to say. Awesome. All right, talk to you in a little while. 
Awesome. Yes, folks, I usually don't get callers. <laughs> um, so this program is called Wholesale Produce 101. And I have some, I have a prepared introduction, which I'm going to uh, talk through. And then we'll see where we go from that, from there. Uh, first, I don't want to jump right into wholesale produce. What I want to jump right into is I want to talk about making choices about what produce you eat. And in the context of what produce you eat, the produce that you grow, however you grow it, wherever you are, the produce that you grow yourself is the best produce. It's uh, from my, even my limited experience and even my small garden in back of where I'm living right now, uh, gives me better um, quality product than is available from the commercial uh, agricultural system. The reason that is, is because the commercial agricultural system sprays all their product. So if it's organic, there's a list that you can research called the Na National List of Compounds that are uh, allowed to be sprayed on crops and conventional crops have their own list of pesticides and fungicides and herbicides. So what I want to do first is I want to put the entire, the entire where do you get your produce um, question in a much larger context than, hey, we're just going to go find a wholesaler for you. I want you to know that the first thing, the first choice for you to get your produce is uh, growing sprouts in your window, growing a uh, window box, growing, uh, making use of any square footage of ground that you have that can yield, um, doing container gardening, doing anything like that, that product is going to be uh, better it, if you if you don't spray it if you don't uh, if you if you actually have um, uh, living soil it's going to be better for you than most of commercial agriculture all the large um, farms it's going to be better than that now there so that's the first place to grow your produce. The second place uh, to get your produce from is to support local farmers, but talk to them. Do they spray? Um, do they um, only spray uh, if there's a need? What do they spray with? So don't just go to the farmer's market and see an organic sign and assume that they don't spray. Because many farmers, and I've talked to them, uh, they have a sign that says they're certified organic, but they still um, they still spray because they're allowed to 
spray with certain compounds and still call their crops organic. Um, I, I understand that this is a letdown for some people who think that organic means no pesticides. Organic, in some cases, means no pesticides. I've worked on uh, farms uh, in the just north of Princeton, New Jersey, where they were certified organic and they also did not spray. Uh, some of their crops were decimated by pest problems of various types, but the farmer basically said, okay, I'm doing it this way, uh, but in lar for large concerns, they can't have that liability of losing the crop. So they're allowed to spray and still call it organic, so they do. So after you've, um, after you've tried to get as much of your produce as you can and can afford from growing it yourself, and of course seasonally, from growing it yourself, and, and next from getting it locally, then the third choice is to find it at a grocery store and that's the point at which many of you are, where you have found your groceries at the grocery store and it costs too much. But what I wanted to do with this first part is to make sure you've, you have gone to, you've gone to as much trouble as you can to supply yourself with what is nutritionally better for you, which is your own, what you grow yourself and what you can find locally that is a better nutritional, a better nutritional value for you. A, it won't have traveled all those miles. B, you'll find out that, well, you know yours is not sprayed. You'll find out the local uh, you'll find out which local farmers don't spray. And frankly, my kale does not look perfect. It does have some insect damage on the leaves. Some of the leaves of my uh, Dino kale look fine. But when I go to juice the leaves, the juice that I'm getting mostly comes from the stem. Now, there are some, there are some phytochemicals and some green uh, green nutritional uh, uh, fractions or uh, parts that do come from the leaf and you need that you need a certain portion of the leaf for that to get that nutrition but most of the juice comes out of the stem so you're still going to get a, a good bit of juice and I just I just want to pass along to you we're juicing my kale and drinking that compared to what you get from wholesale or retail markets, it's like having a religious experience. It's so much better. So now that we have uh, basically placed ourselves within the context of obtaining, gro uh, okay, now we're obtaining groceries, but we understand that we should be looking locally or within our own 
growing capacity first. Now we're looking for groceries. And we've gone to our local shop and they're too expensive. So what happens is uh, someone becomes health conscious. Someone either understands that uh, they someone either has an illness or they become enamored of eating, uh, for instance, raw vegan, a raw vegan diet, and they're going to their local store. I mean, autobiographically, my own story was I really fell in love with eating raw vegan. It made me feel amazing. It still makes me feel amazing. But going to my local retailer was uh, chewing my bank account up. It, was, uh, it wasn't viable to me. So I found an alternative. I asked every person that I ran into, hey, how can I solve this problem? Until somebody uh, helped me and said, I think I know something. And they came back in a few days and said, hey, why don't we go take a tour of the Philadelphia Regional Produce Market? So that was in December of 2010, and I've been shopping at the wholesale uh, suppliers at that market and attached to that market ever since. So it's almost been, you know, it's been essentially nine years of doing that for me. So if you're listening to this program, you're basically at a crossroads and you want to know, you, you're basically saying, A, this isn't something that I can continue because it costs too much, or B, it does cost a lot, but you're willing to put that money down if you have to, but it's a lot and you want to know if you can do better. So what I want to talk about now is I want to talk about the wholesale system as it's organized in the United States and I'm pretty sure the rest of the world so that you'll get an idea with respect to where you live how the um, how the wholesale food system uh, lays down how the how the produce distribution system lays down on a map of your area. So pretty much like you'd think, the wholesale system is made up of terminals, and those terminals are in major ports and cities. And then as you get into smaller areas, there's smaller wholesalers and depots in many areas and then even smaller areas which still have stores and whatnot i'm not talking about completely rural areas those stores receive those stores and the restaurants that are in that area are supplied by a wholesaler uh, that delivers to that area so they don't have a depot there what they have is they have uh, delivery trucks that come
come every so often. So the first thing uh, to do is to determine what type of supply is in your area. And so basically it's, are you going to drive and pick up or will you receive a delivery truck? Or will you have to go, uh, if you've made a deal with a local restaurant and you're gonna take part of their delivery, you'll go to the restaurant or the restaurant will let you know that the delivery has arrived, something like that. So figuring out what I, figuring out where the wholesaler is and how you'll receive, how you either will go there and pick up or how you, or you're gonna receive delivery. That's the whole process because once you know what your options are either to go and pick up or to receive delivery, once you've communicated with the wholesalers that are in your area and have found this out, you basically are in communication with them and you're going to be able to uh, and they know you because you've been talking to them, this is the process that I help pe guide people through. And what I'd like to do tonight is I would like to give an overview of what that process is in for me. And maybe it helps um, people who listen to this broadcast um, to um, figure this out for themselves, but I'm still here to help people. And I mean, my, my purpose is to help people eat more plants and to help people understand within the context of commercial agriculture that there are better sources. You can make, and it's, it's amazing that you can plant seeds in your backyard, which will grow into better quality crops than you can get at the supermarket. Uh, that's a that's a, a key realization. They they don't they don't grow a better crop in the field somewhere. No, they grow a poorer crop. And so you are a better farmer. Um, you grow a higher quality crop. So what do I recommend? I recommend regardless of where you are to do essentially the same thing. What you want to do is you want to find the nearest really, well, the nearest major city and locate the, you know, locate the collection or the uh, cluster of wholesalers there. And there's a reason why I don't say, hey, just look in your own town. Because if you look in your own town, you might find one or two, or you might not find anything, and then you'll be frustrated. But if you go to a really major city, and you find the bustling produce market, and you call them, they're going to be much easier to talk to. The, uh, the concern, the business that's local to you is going to be much more guarded. Who are you? Are you a business? Are you a non-business? And because... The 
the local or the uh, the isolated wholesaler is in business and ha and has uh, on their target list of who they're talking to. They're talking to restaurants and small shops, and the piece of people that they're not there to talk to is they're not there to talk to non-businesses because they're in business to supply businesses and those businesses are, are in business to sell to consumers. And if the local wholesaler takes business away from the people they're in business to supply, they're gonna go out of business and that's just not what they're there to do. So in that context, and after uh, consulting with people about this, I found that I needed to write a calling guide to bring people up to speed and let them know, okay, these are some of the problems that you're gonna run into depending on where you are. You might run into a wholesaler that's very guarded, but I've seen situations with a, a more isolated wholesaler and they were happy to do business with just anyone. So it's it really depends on it really depends on your circumstances. So let's go back and let's find the closest larger city and let's find one with a lot of wholesalers, uh, preferably a lot of wholesalers like in one sector of the town uh, as if they're gathered together as a terminal, which they are. So you basically get their, inf their calling information and you start calling them. Or you, you might even be able to have um, website information. And you might even see, oh, here's one that says they're the organic supplier. Well, that's very interesting, but here's a reason why you shouldn't ignore. Now, if you see an organic supplier and you call them up and you get their price list and it's someplace that and it's very very much a fit for you you might not need to go through all of what I'm going to tell you but over time I've gotten a lot of good deals on organics by going to um, other uh, wholesalers than my main supplier and I'm going to tell you why so that I paint more of a complete picture because I didn't I didn't back I sort of backed into the knowledge that I had I sort of got a supplier that was doing what I wanted to to do which was sell organics and then over time I've rubbed um, uh, rubbed up against other suppliers and done business with other suppliers and learned how they get their organics and learned, you know, how just basically where the good deals are and that I don't have to buy organics all the time if I get a good enough deal or I get a good enough deal on something that uh, my customers are interested in. So in, let's say in Philadelphia, a truck comes into Philadelphia and it's got a certain, uh, it's got a load 
of produce, and it goes to the store that it's, it's uh, going to offload on. And for some reason, part or most of that shipment gets rejected. The store won't take it because a, a semi full of produce can be uh, a quarter of a million dollars or, or more. So the, the load does not stay on that truck and turn around and go all the way back to its point of origin. In such a case, each um, supply, each store or each supplier has a deal with the local wholesaler in the town where that delivery is taking place. And they call them up and they say, we have a load of such and such. Uh, we're willing to sell it to you. It got rejected at, from, at this store. We want to dump it with you. Um, and they do a deal. The wholesaler says, okay, I want such and such an amount of that action. Maybe it's 100%. Maybe it's only 50%. And they take it. And basically, these, um, these wholesalers become commodity brokers where they say, okay, I bought it for this much. I need to sell it for this much. I just want to get it off my books and make, you know, two or $3,000. This is where you run into suppliers that would not normally carry organics having organics. And this is the major reason why you don't want to overlook a relationship with anyone who, who who will talk to you on the phone and wants to have a relationship because they might, you, they might know, Hey, you know, so-and-so is interested in organics and they might get some and they might shoot you an email saying, Hey, we have this organ. It's like some of the deals that you've seen me have, you know, $3 for um, a case that's 12 pints of organic blueberries, which was, I don't know, five weeks ago. And I have a certain number of mouths, as in club members, to eat that stuff. But frankly, at this point, I wish I bought more because I froze a lot of them and I sold a lot of them and then I was out of those that particular deal. But as you saw with last week's... Uh, Haul that I got from the cheap market. It this is something that happens every week. So this is why you should not avoid the conventional only produce dealer. One because they could have a good deal on conventional, and you'd much rather put whole produce on somebody's table that you know about. So they call you up and they say, hey, we got this deal on these greens. They're conventional, but they're selling them for really cheap. And you're basically like, gosh, you know, I could, I could turn to the food bank, get them a whole bunch of, you know, they could say, hey, sure, buy that. And you could put a whole bunch of uh, plants on, on a whole bunch of people's tables and improve the health of the region which is why when I go to the produce market and I get really good deals on conventional potato, I buy them. You know, I buy, you know, 50 or 100 pounds and my conventional potato that I bought last week is almost gone. 
because I was selling it for 40 cents a pound. The other thing is calling conventional produce wholesalers and saying, hi, this is so-and-so, I'm interested in organics. Maybe, you know, you're the tipping call that basically says to them, hey, we should sell organics. And they move on and they start selling organics. So what I'd like to do now is I'd like to take a short break. And then I will take you on a short uh, tour of how I do my shopping. And then I'll talk to whoever wants to talk to me on the call. So right now we're going to listen to a short piece of music by Dave the Bard called Pal and Toe. I'll see you in about four minutes.
tune in to International Pagan Radio. You can hear your favorite artists such as Dave the Bard, Tawatha Dea, Spiral Rhythm, S.J. Tucker, Murphy's Midnight Rounders, and many, many more. Join us for exciting shows like Ask a Witch and Storytime with Rook as well. www.internationalpaganradio.com on the net or on TuneIn Radio on your mobile devices. Join us on Facebook and Twitter too. International Pagan Radio, all pagan, all the time. Welcome back to an emerging forest on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. We hope everyone was able to stretch their legs and get a drink. And now, back to Alan. Welcome back, everyone, and let's dive right back into wholesale produce. And this is a live broadcast. I am actually available to talk to. If you want to talk to me, you want to be on the show, or if you just want to listen, the number to call is 646-564-9714. So let's talk about how I shop every week. Every week, the produce wholesaler has um, several grades of each product in their stock. And as time goes on and as they sell, as they because they know their demand and they've only received a certain amount in the lot that they've received, and they're selling that lot, and it's going to last for a certain period of time. After that time is over, they've already scheduled to receive another lot. So let's say they're selling sweet potatoes, and they've gotten like 10 tons of sweet potatoes for a two-week period. As they get close to the end or closer to the end of that two-week period, if they've taken too much sweet potato on and the demand is less than they thought it was going to be, they start discounting that sweet potato because they're going to get more in. And so at the end, when they've got just a little bit left, maybe 5% of their lot, or 3% of their lot, they're really happy about their performance. But they've still got a little bit of sweet potato in that storage that needs to be cleaned up. What do they? So what do they do with that? They clean that up, and even though it's really good product, they send it over to another market, the terminal market, and they put it on their back dock because it just needs to be – it's product that um, – has has um, outused out outlived its time slot, <laughs> so they put a really good price on that. They put a much lower price on that. So let's say that here's an example: forty pounds of organic sweet potato costs around a dollar a pound. So it's usually around thirty six dollars a pound 
$36 for 40-pound case, which is $0.90 cents a pound. Now, compare that to the grocery store. The grocery store usually wants to be somewhere between $2.50 or $3 a pound. So right there, you say, well, gee, that's a factor of three. That's just the beginning. So during the time period between when they first got that sweet potato lot and now, they've been discounting part of it because maybe they inspected it and some of it wasn't the best. So they put a, instead of a price of $36, maybe they put already discounted a portion of that lot and put it at $24 or $20. And they've been selling what they call seconds or lesser quality sweet potato, or maybe there's a size problem. The, the ones that are the right size and the right uh, color exactly. So this is something that happens a lot with apples. Perfect color apples um, are full price apples. And then you get juicing apples, or then you get second apples. So even talking to the wholesaler directly, you can get a case of gala apples for 48 or $50 for 38 pounds, which is the standard size for a box of apples. But then they'll say, hey, we got these second apples too. And what do you, you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, there's a juicing apple. Maybe that's um, $30 a case or $24 a case. And then there's a second apple, which might be in the range of $18 a case. So if you're willing to go look at these other cases, now when you get to the wholesaler, you don't have to buy these things. You inspect it, you don't like it, there's too many rotten ones in there, or it just doesn't look right, or they've got too many dings on them for your purpose. Uh, a lot of my customers feed them to, to their family, and their kids won't take them unless they're in really good shape. So you got to know, you know who you're selling them to or what you're using them for. But let's just think about what I said. You can buy apples for um, maybe a dollar and a quarter a pound, so 38-pound box. But you can buy them for maybe a dollar and a quarter a pound. In the grocery store, they want $2.99 for those. That's number one grade. That's, that's at, I'm talking an equal grade of produce. But right away, that case, which might have cost you $50, you can, if you are able to use the product that they're going to sell you as a juicing grade apple, and I've bought plenty of juicing grade apples in my time, and they're, they're, they look very nice. Uh, they might be a little bit different in size. They might be a little bit uh, not perfect in color, or they might have an asymmetry to their shape, but they're $24 for a box. So you're spending 66 cents instead of a dollar and a quarter. You've got a factor, another factor of 50%. Now, at the end of them trying to sell them as number one or juicing or number two grade, and they've only got a few left, they put the final discount price on them and they send them over to another market and they're sold there for really cheap. Now, sweet potatoes tend to go for around four or five dollars at the cheap at the cheap market per box. Apples tend to go from between uh, 
five, maybe five to ten dollars. But you can look on my Instagram account. My Instagram account is um, at uh, Two Produce Club, um, and you can see me buying. Last week, I bought um, case of eighteen uh, celery heart sleeves for I think they were four dollars for the case. And I've juiced them, and I've drank that juice, and it tastes pretty good to me. Now, maybe it's not it, maybe it's not number one, but it, it doesn't taste off to me. And I've talked to one of my customers who is um, very much uh, very much likes and has been buying for me number one uh, celery, and she didn't buy number one celery. She bought it, and I said, well, how was it for you? And she said, it's very nice. It's got a good color. It tastes, it doesn't taste, there isn't any off taste to it at all. So, um, how do I shop? Now that you have a context of what the prices are, I shop, I go to the Philadelphia Regional Produce Market, which is at 6700 Essington Avenue, very early in the morning because that's when the best dealers are available. I go at like I would like to go. I used to go at two o'clock in the morning when they were just offloading the uh, all the the specials, but I go at six o'clock or seven o'clock now um, because I don't have a car and people have to um, people have to help me get there. So I, I do the best I can. So I go there and I shop. The, the, the first place that I go is Percacci Brothers Regionals, a Percacci Brothers Sales Corporation who's helped me all these years. Um, I can't say enough good things about um, Percacci Brothers Sales Corporation. They're wonderful. I go there first because they are the um, – supplier of organics in the Philadelphia area. They have the full line of organics. I go there first. I go out back of their place to the dock. I look at stuff that they have super discounted. I put that on my cart. And then I go out in front and I see what pallets of stuff that they have that's super discounted and I put more stuff on my cart. And then I go talk to my sales contact and I get a, I get a slip written up and I pay for it, and I go put it in my car. That's the first part. The second part is that I go back inside because I know six or seven locations that I want to look through the rest of the market because sometimes they have organics. But in general, I'm looking for deals. I'm looking for deals on organic or sometimes conventional. So I, I hope you, you have looked at my, my, um, my Instagram account and you've seen what I, what I can buy for what you, I and you can buy for three or five dollars. Um, every time I go, I walk out and I have this huge grin on my face. It never gets old. It never gets old. I mean, this last week I bought 18 pound cases of red and green grapes for $3. I bought cases of cauliflower. I bought 
Did I buy cauliflower? No, I didn't buy cauliflower. I bought um, cucumbers, cases of twenty between twenty two and twenty four pounds of cucumber organic cucumbers for three dollars. I I published my receipt, um, so there's you can. But what you get is you don't get the consistent. Um, you don't get a consistent A, B, C, D from the gambling market because they don't know what they're going to clean up. So how I shop. I shop and I see what from my list of demands I can get for cheap, but I'm always looking at quality because my reputation is I bring back quality. I don't put you know rotting food. I mean, it's, it's no bargain if I bring you back something you can't use or something that you're not pleased to put on your table to feed to your family. And if I if I look at it and I say, would I want to eat that? Would I be pleased to put that out as a professional as a professional product? I'd say yes, I'm pleased to put that out there. That's the only time I buy it. So the stuff that I buy is very, very good quality. Then once I know what I've taken off my general demand list at the cheapest price, I shop at the discount wholesale level and see what I can take off at the seconds or juice grade grade level. And then and only then do I buy number one. But number one is still a heck of a lot cheaper than the grocery store. So that puts the whole thing in the context of how I shop. Um, and so what I'd like to do now is go back to my caller. Hello, how are you? Good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I actually oh, I hope, that, I hope that wasn't – oh, go ahead, please. Oh, I was going to say I actually did have a couple questions. There were a little bit more about the beginning of your talk. Um, please go ahead. But, yeah, so two questions. One, I was curious, you kind of talked about growing your own food is always going to be best. Um, and I mm -hmm. already grow sprouts, but I was kind of curious what you do or what you recommend. What other things can you grow easily indoors if you don't have, like, outdoor space? Okay. Um, I don't know the answer to your question. But uh, okay. what I can what, what I can recommend is going to YouTube and asking YouTube. Now I do know from having done it myself that you can grow um, you can grow microgreens or uh, just a little bit larger than microgreens. Uh, with a pretty minimal setup uh, with a grow light. Uh, because I, I grew wheatgrass for a while and also uh, some larger flowers. Um, that was about, um, that was some time ago. But um, I would recommend that you that you look on on YouTube but okay 
so the things that you, the things that you should grow and that will provide the most um, nutritional uh, bang for the buck is and that you can turn over relatively quickly, grow and harvest in um, possibly 22 days is greens. So I'm not talking about a full leaf green. I'm talking about something that's only going to grow um, four, maybe four inches tall or less. And that's a micro green. Okay. But that has a that has a huge amount of nutrition, and the reason I'm I'm recommending that is as maybe a starting position, is because um, it's not going to take up that much space, and you don't need that much. So if you actually want to grow something that's going to grow to full leaf, you're going to need some. You're going to need a container where you can grow full fuller roots and what if you're starting out in a in an apartment uh, type of space uh, you might want to start with a project in order to gain confidence where you've got just a nursery tray and then you've got some lights over it and um, and it takes a short period of time and you're harvesting like sunflower greens or or something like that and you can rapidly turn over and say okay i'm growing um so what you want to do maybe is you want to say i'm going to grow three flats but i'm going to stagger when i sow so that i always have a harvest going on so uh-huh. why would of course what of course, what you do first is you start with one tray and you prove to yourself that you can do it. But <laughs> if you can, if you, right, right. I mean, that's how I would do it. I would say, okay, am I really going to be able to grow these things? Um, but then you get into things like, um, You get into things like uh, not buying, not buying too much light for your um, for your for what you're growing, or you might put like I wound up putting sheets on the side of my growing area so that the light would actually bounce off the sheets and come back onto the plants instead of it just going flying off somewhere somewhere useless in the basement that I was, um, that I was growing in. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you keep, you keep, you, uh, you keep going because you have the questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, another question I had is you were talking about, um, how organic doesn't necessarily mean unsprayed. Um, yes. and I was just curious when you're investigating that, is there something specific you do or you just ask and then you take their word for it? Because I just feel like sometimes uh, like when you go to organic farmers and you ask them, they say, oh, no, we're organic, we don't spray. And then I've said to them before, like, oh, even the things that are okay under the organic 
label and they were like, oh yeah, yeah, we spray. So I was just kind of curious if you have a method or you just kind of trust their word or. Okay. So what I do is uh, when I'm talking to farmers, I listen, I listen for them. So I basically say, um, how do you grow your plants? Do you do do you uh, use any pesticides or fungicides? And then they say something like, um, "Our crops are organically grown." So when they that's a that's a legal phrase that they use because that's the phrase that uh, puts them under the umbrella of. We're, 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 we're inspected by this government agency and we're allowed to use the following compounds to spray our crops and still use that legal phrase. And you, when, the, when you hear that, you basically uh, kind of crack a little smile at them and say, yeah, I'm familiar with the national list of substances that you're allowed to spray on organically uh, grown foods. Do you use that or do you just not spray at all? And if they say that they don't spray after, um, after you've done that, uh, I, would, I would basically take their word for it unless you have um, some other reason to doubt them. Okay, got it. That makes sense. Thank you. All right. Um, do you, you have any other questions, or do you just want to listen? Uh, those are the main two questions so far. Yeah, I'll just keep listening. Thanks. Okay. Hi, caller in the 805 area code. Um, what, uh, do you want to be on the air? Sure. Hi. Uh, so uh, what are your questions? Um, hi. Thank you so much for this program. It's really informative. Um, <clears throat> but my question is for someone who is okay, I'm, is eating for their health. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Um, go, go ahead. I'm, I'm having a little bit of problems with reception, but that's okay. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so for someone who's in a, not an area with that's it's not a big city, we would have to travel a couple hours to get there, probably to L.A., maybe three hours. And um, Okay. And I'm not really established with a network of other folks here in my city that would be interested in co-oping the veggies with me. So how do I establish a group of individuals like-minded who would be interested in, you know, perhaps going in with me? Because I honestly, I'm, um, you know, I'm eating this way for my health and my health can't really um, afford. <laughs> so we'd have to like split up the driving and all that. Um, and okay. I'm just wondering um, if you have any advice there. <laughs> So on uh, the Los Angeles market has some really good YouTube videos 
that were done giving tours of the Los Angeles market. Um, those, uh-huh. uh, those videos were done by a man named John Kohler, J-O-H-N-K-O-H-L-E-R. He's a okay. very well-known He's a very well-known raw vegan. Uh, he too uh-huh. is eating for his health, and he too is. He has a channel called Growing Your Greens, and most of what uh-huh. he eats, he grows. So uh-huh. uh, he is some. He is someone whose um, videos you should watch about the Los Angeles market. If okay. you're gonna, and um, going there is. Going to the Los Angeles market is something that John does, even though he does have to drive three hours one way to get there. But what I would recommend is I would recommend sending me an email. My email address is R-I-T-T-E-R period A-L-A-N 88 at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Uh also also um if that doesn't work if that's for some reason that doesn't work, uh my phone number is two one five three zero zero seven one eight nine. Okay. Uh but what I would do is send me an email and uh-huh. we will converse, and I will try to find you someplace that's closer to you. And okay. it doesn't really matter what the, it doesn't really matter what direction from uh, downtown LA. There are other smaller depots that are fed uh-huh. by the Los Angeles market that are all over the place. Whether you go north and it's okay. Santa Clarita, or whether you go south and it's it's uh, it's the the sprawl of Los Angeles. So there uh-huh. are other smaller uh, produce places that, um, or you might uh, you might wind up getting delivery. Now it it's mm-hmm. what matters is price, and mm-hmm. if you can get a better deal from someone who's from the Los Angeles terminal. Uh, than you can from a from a local provider. Yeah, that's that's basically what you need to go with. Okay, and as far as establishing a network in my area of people who might be interested in um, so what sharing so produce. The, the next the next step the next step after so what you do is you look at this problem and you say. I have found the produce supplier. I have found the way to get produce to our location, either drive, either uh, driving, or um, or going there, either driving there or getting delivery. However, however we're going to do it. And what you do is you advertise on your local area's boards, whether that's Facebook or or whatever, and you say. Mm-hmm. Hi, I found the following products at the following prices. I'd like to establish a group of a maximum of 20 families to get mm-hmm. together and organize how we're going to do this. And you walk in the door and you say, 
I've done this amount of work on this. I brought the concept to the table. Um, this mm-hmm. is what I this is what I can supply to the group, and these are the things that I need from the group that I can't supply. In my particular case, I don't have a vehicle, so mm-hmm. I have deals with people in my group who drive for me. They get paid in produce, okay, or they get paid in disc, or they get paid in discounts. Mm-hmm. So, what you do is there there it's. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, when I first started this, it was in another location, and I wasn't doing it so I could make a little money. I was just sharing the produce, and I had mm-hmm. 150 homes wanting delivery from me within 90 days, just by word of mouth, no advertisements at all. Wow. When I started, wow. what I'm when I started what I'm doing now, well, that's basically sharing it at the price I got it at. But mm-hmm. what I, what I how I started what I'm doing now is I said to people, um, I I need someone to drive for me, but here's what I can get for you, and I've had to actually increase my prices, and and the people in my group have told me you need to increase your prices uh-huh. because <laughs> we, because because hey Alan are you charging enough? We want to make sure that this is a healthy club because we're getting a really sweet deal out of this. We want to make sure you're charging enough so that you're going to be able to pay your rent. Yeah. So good. So th- what I also want you and I want everyone else to understand who's listening to this now or is listening to this going down the line. You can always reach out to me. I'm not going anywhere. I will always be here. I want to start. I started a produce club in the um, southern New Jersey, uh, just across the river from Philadelphia area. I want other people. I one of my students also started one in Levittown. Uh, she she had to move, so it's not there anymore. Um, there are others who are starting and haven't gotten to the point where they're doing a produce club yet. But this is something that I think is a, a very interesting idea, and it's also a way to get um, uh, really good produce for a, a half, a third, a fifth, a tenth, basically free. Um, wow. So I, I think it's because – Basically, when I go to the when I go to the cheapest market, and I buy something, I buy a case for four dollars that was fifty dollars. Uh, I just look at that and say, I'm I'm paying a nickel for this apple, mm-hmm. and that's pretty close to free. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate all your support and help and willingness to be there for us. So. And paving, okay, so paving the path pro, in front of us. Thank pro, you. <laughs> this this pro so on YouTube is a channel called An Emerging Forest. This okay. um, a video of with a picture on the front of it, but with this audio stream will be posted there within the next few days. 
So Great. this is all recorded, and this this entire conversation will be up uh, for people to reference, and I'll be posting it on my Instagram account so that people will know where it is. Thank you so much. Bye Thank now. Thank you. Uh, Keep it, keep in touch and have a great night. Okay. Thank you. Will do. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, caller in the 619 area code. Um, thank you so much for being on the program. Um, do you mind uh, giving me your name? Brianna. So thank you so much for calling, and uh, do you have any more questions uh, at this time? No, I just wanted to second what the other person said. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing for this community of people eating plants and trying to heal and um, helping us figure out better, cheaper ways to do it to make it more feasible. Yeah, please uh, please, uh, drop me a line, and I'll figure out. Uh, what to do in your area. What area are you in, by the way? I'm in San Diego. We actually spoke um, a few months ago. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, we spoke once, and I was kind of too sick at the time to do the follow-up, but I am getting better, and I feel a little bit um, more able to take it on now. (laughs) So this is like a resurgence of my energy for this. Sure. If you want to shoot me another email, uh, we can we can basically take up that uh, that quest to uh, figure out what's going on in San Diego. And uh, yeah, thank you, thank you so much for calling. Uh, have a have a wonderful week. You too. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Um, my name is Alan Ritter. If you want to reach out to me, my phone is 215-300-7189. Um, leave me a voicemail. I, I get a lot of nuisance calls, uh, <laughs> health insurance and stuff, um, and I mostly don't answer odd phone numbers that I don't really recognize. So it's much better to email me at R-I-T-T-E-R period A-L-A-N 88 at gmail.com. Uh, this program will be posted on my YouTube channel within a couple of days. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, – thank you to my callers, and uh, have a great night. And engage, you know, what's in front of you is what you should be doing. And what's in front of you sometimes isn't what society uh, says, you know, hey, you should be doing this big thing that's going to earn you so much money. And I've actually lowered my liabilities um, rent-wise and all all cost-wise because um, this is what I should be doing and – I'll I'll live like I need to live. Thanks so much. Have a great week.
for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Thank you.